This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The name of our first Prime Minister, Sir John A. MacDonald, has been removed from the building that houses the law school at Queen's University. It's the latest bid to remove tributes to him from public spaces because of his treatment of Indigenous people. And it comes after a two-month-long consultation process that heard from upwards of 3,000 people. Uh, the quote, the university says the decision reflects its mission and commitment to honor the values of equity, diversity and inclusivity and to ensure that all students and faculty feel welcome within the Queen's community. Critics say it is erasing history and bowing to political correctness. I'd like to give the numbers out. I'd like to hear from you. What do you think it is? Is this the right thing to do? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. As I said, that was just the latest thing that uh, Sir John A. MacDonald was removed from. Right now, I am joined by Kat Krieger, who is an Indigenous elder who works extensively in secondary and post-secondary institutions, and Dr. Patrice Dutille, a professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at Ryerson University. Hello, and welcome to you both. Hi, Libby. Hi there. Uh, let's there. start with uh, uh, Mark, Kat Krieger. Uh, what's your view of this? Was this the right move? Well, it's... Uh... Obviously, there's been a lot of debate around this, and for me to instantly come out with this is right or wrong is uh, possibly beyond me. Although when I when I look at anywhere I go and use the phrase, you know, in- inclusivity and, and equity, um, I, I was sitting here, you know, listening to what you were saying earlier. And I thought when I when I have my place, my home, I, I like to surround myself with things that bring me comfort, uh, that make me relax, that. Uh, uh, remind me of good things. And that's a, almost a personal uh, envelope we all like to build around ourselves. And would I include something in my house that uh, that didn't make me comfortable or made me um, made others who might visit me feel uncomfortable? And that's not something I would like to do. So my that first mindset is from a personal point of view. But I also realize, um, of course, working in education, education says something about delivering, in a sense, a product uh, that contains many things, in, in this case, history that we're talking about. So this idea of completely removing Sir John A. McDonald from sight is, is not something I would deem correct. So if I'm, I'm selling that product of history, it should include all those things, much like if we buy uh, a car, it should have all the things that makes it go forward. Uh- certainly history. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, so if, if if you walk into a building or see a statue with Sir John A. MacDonald, do, does that make you uncomfortable? As an Indigenous person, that, that immediate reminder, and, and you know, we reference that early quote we hear from Sir John A. MacDonald so often about starting industrial schools, I, I admit my first response to something like that is that memory. 
that's that's a triggering effect for me. Okay. And certainly, um, it's not the first thing I want to see. Um, but again, part of me as an educator wants to educate about everything. So there's that, that imbalance within me, I guess. Okay. Dr. Patrice Dutille, what's your view? Well, um, Queen's University, of course, has the right to do whatever it wants, and the name comes off a building that's not particularly handsome. So at that level, I, I really uh, uh, like... Uh, like my friend, I mean, I, you know, I'm not really one to speak on this, but on the other hand, there is a problem here when we are erasing any reference to people who have shaped our civilization, people who have shaped our country. And we are erasing history. We already are at a stage now where there is precious little to remind us of our history. Canadians live in an ahistoric a place. There, there's very little to remind us of our past, almost as if we didn't have one. So to remove John A. MacDonald uh, from a law school, I mean, John A. MacDonald was a moving spirit in creating Queen's University, in creating the law school at Queen's University. Uh, it's a recognition of his importance as the creator of Canada, in the sense that he was the moving spirit in creating the country that we all enjoy. And he was the prime minister of our country for almost 20 years and elected, elected or re-elected five times with, with majorities. So what, we, what are we saying here? We're saying that John A. just isn't important. And, you know, he's made mistakes. His government made mistakes. But here's the reality, that 19th century politicians made a lot of mistakes. And worse 20th century politicians made a lot of the same mistakes, too. So what are we doing here by removing John A.? We're saying that the man who, who was prime minister for 20 years and re-elected democratically by our society, by our, our forefathers, our, you know, our great-grandfathers, uh, is of no value, has nothing to teach us. And I think that's completely wrong, because John A. McDonald's record is a remarkable record. And even with Indigenous people, I think that the record has been completely misunderstood. And I think that's very sad. But, you know, this is the, this is the tenor of our times. And I have a hope, Libby, that one day our children will recover the, what good things John A. MacDonald did, and one day we'll put him back and his memory back where it belongs. Kat, what's your response to that? I have read, and I have to say that uh, Canadian history is not my forte, so I can't really weigh in. That said, I have read people who said that his record is being misunderstood, and that in fact there were residential schools before he apparently started them, or is said to have started them. Yeah, and I, uh, again, I hold that same view where I'm, I'm not a historian by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there is within all people, and this is a, a personal thing. When I, when I look at things that have occurred, um, on a world level where people will, will use the words, those people, they, uh, maybe in reference to a, a, a you know, a, a religious group or, um, a ethnic group or something like that. And it always seems to start off with those people and it's all inclusive as if they're all evil or bad or, or whatever. And I really hold strongly in my heart that within any group, uh, there is goodness. There are good people. So, and and 
part of this idea of losing history. I'm not a fan of that. I have to say, state right out, almost in support of what my colleague's saying there, um, that I don't want to lose any of the history. A lot of history in Canada is missing. We haven't been here long, only a couple hundred years, if we use that, that uh, formation of Canada as a marker. That's a short period of time. And yes, he was elected. Um, referring to Johnny McDonald, he was elected for the people based on his mindset, his ideals, his concepts, and things that he wanted to uh, fashion as, as part of our original Canada. Part of that, for me, says, yes, there's good things he did. Part of it says people were aware of what he was doing and chose to elect him in a majority vote, which for me is a little bit scary, saying this is the mindset this person has. We support you in that, including residential schools. So that, that part's a little bit hurry. Uh, scary. The idea of rewriting history, um, maybe, you know, I agree there. Maybe history should be rewritten with all the components of it, the good and the bad, with, with anyone. Okay, but important. by the way, those elections, it was men that elected him. Women didn't have the vote. Yes, but, exactly. Can I, say, can I say that John A., Johnny McDonald, actually stood in the House many, many times and protested that women did not have the right to vote, and he tabled legislation to get women the right to vote, and he was voted out. People huh. did not support him. He also, by the way, made the radical move of, of arguing in favor of giving Indigenous people the right to vote. And he said, you know, they have the right to vote. If they, if they want to be part of the mainstream of Canadian society, they should have the right to vote. Well, you can imagine what the reaction was in the House of Commons. They shouted him down. This is part of the record of Johnny McDonald that is known, okay? This is in the books. This is in the history books, but we deliberately choose to ignore it. Johnny McDonald did not invent residential schools. It was created in 1883, following a long tradition, a long tradition that started when Western Europeans set foot in the Americas and decided that what they had to do was assimilate the indigenous people. It was wrong, but that was the mindset. And we did this in Canada, in French Canada, in English Canada, and John A. just simply continued. I'll simply say that John A. MacDonald never wanted this to be mandatory. It was not mandatory. The government of Canada decided to make residential schools mandatory in 1894, three years after John A. MacDonald died. So, you know, and again, it was, it was not forced. But the law was the law, and under John A. MacDonald, it was not mandatory. Nobody was taken off the reservation to go to a residential school in MacDonald's time and forced to attend school. So, you know, this is why it's important. And what's so disappointing about the nature of our debates is that the people who do know something about John A. MacDonald have been snuffed out of the debate. And uh, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. Well, you are telling, certainly telling me a lot of things I had no idea about, and I, I do appreciate that. Let's take a couple of calls. We've got Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Good morning. I am finding this to be a, a total revelation. I'm a Queen's grad. I do have Aboriginal blood, very small percentage. Um, and I think this is an easy thing to do, but it's not doing much to solve the problem that the Indigenous people face, which I believe is we have to supply them with inordinate amount of education. Whatever they want to be educated in, we should be providing that. University, trade school, 
everything. But to simply change the name on a building, that's easy to do, but it doesn't do much for them. Okay, Pat, thanks for that. Let's go to Vince in Maple. Vince, are you there? Vince? Hello? Okay, I guess... Hi, well, I don't, uh, I don't agree with it. Um, I think it's risible. I think it's a big mistake, and I think they'll regret it. You cannot erase history because, like my teacher always said, you uh, don't learn your history, then you're, you're doomed to repeat it. Look, we all made mistakes. History has the piccadillos, right? And uh, no one's perfect. The, the system back then was not perfect. Today is not even perfect. But you can't erase it because if, if you don't learn from it, then you can't fix it and you can't grow. And I don't. I, I think they're making a big mistake. Okay, thank you for that, Vince. Um, Cat Krieger, uh, I thought that was a fascinating history lesson in uh, the, you know the last bit from Professor Dutil. And uh, have the people who are trying to take John A. McDonald off the buildings to take down his statues, are they just picking on the wrong Canadian leader if the worst of it actually came afterwards? Well, you know, there's a few things in our, our two callers, Vince and Pat, really hit on something good. One is we can't change history uh, no matter what we do. It, it's still there, whether it's visible or invisible or not. Um, you know, there is, and I can't speak for all Indigenous people. I can't speak pan-Indigenous, as it were. But I find a lot of times within the culture there is a understanding that we can learn from mistakes. Um, and this is critical. A lot of the teachings talk about, uh, it, within the philosophy and the metaphors, talk about somebody making a mistake, others learning from that. The ones around, the one who makes a mistake, benefit from it. So in a sense, the mistakes we make help to um, help to educate others. But we can't educate others on those mistakes if they're not visible, if they're not brought forward, if they're not taught. So part of me, you know, says, yes, we, we need to understand this history. If it needs to be rewritten um, with with the, the good and the bad, you know, as, as a person that stands uh, for women's rights and equity, uh, the idea of somebody saying, hey, women should vote, uh, Indigenous people should vote, then, you know, I appreciate that. And by the way, that was something I did not know about Sir Johnny McDonald. So right away I'm thinking, hey, that's that's good. I like to think we're not all bad. Uh, any person, that there's goodness in each and every one of us. The misguided, um, misunderstood, and what was the concept of the times, when we look back from now and view that, um, you know, it looks terrible. And there's there's a lot of things like that where we look back. Um, we're, we're out of context to some degree. So, you know, statue aside, plaques aside, um, is the focus on those physical things physical, physical, visible things, or should our focus really be on education, educating people completely about individuals like this? And I think when people have a complete education on something or someone, then you're in a better position to make a decision or an opinion. Um, because our opinions, are, our decisions and actions can affect many people. Our opinions and understanding of something enriches us. It's a good point. It's a great point. I'll simply point out that uh, in Ontario, we don't teach about Johnny McDonald. We teach Johnny McDonald for a few minutes in elementary school 
when children really don't have any opportunity to appreciate it, those kids taking Canadian history in high school um, don't cover Johnny McDonald because it's only the 20th, 20th century. When we do cover Johnny McDonald in elementary school, we only talk about one thing, and it's residential schools. And it's about Louis Riel, and that's it. The good things about Johnny McDonald are not talked about. So we have raised now for two generations Ontarian kids to really not understand Johnny McDonald at all. And the taking down of names from buildings and the uh, spoiling of statues is being done in a context we, where we as Canadians are simply ignorant of our own history. And that's the saddest thing of all. Uh-huh. I have, uh, we're starting to run out of time, Dr. Dutille, but I do have a, a couple of other questions. So it seems to me that this is in uh, the context of uh, what I see as a lot of stifling of, of free speech and political correctness in universities. But, but also I have a question is, is there another government that is, if you have to pick a quote villain of the piece, that is the true villain of the piece? Well, I'm going to blame everybody. Uh, the reality is, Libby, that in Canada, in Canada, we do not teach our history, our history to our kids. Do you know that there are only three provinces in Canada where a high school credit in Canadian history is required? And they are Ontario, Quebec, and Manitoba. Well, they Elsewhere, wasn't in Quebec when I grew up there. Let me tell it, you that. I was, I had now. to go it through hoops been, to take one been, course. It has been for a long time. You are required <laughs> to take a high school credit in Canadian history to graduate high school in Quebec and in Ontario and in Manitoba. In all the rest of Canada, you don't have to take a history course in Canadian history at the high school level. And I think that we are unique in the world, unique in the world in teaching our kids how not to understand their history. So in a context like that, they don't understand what happened to the Indigenous people. They don't understand what happened with John A. Macdonald. They don't understand what happened in the World Wars. They just don't know anything. And we have a serious discussion that needs to happen here. Our history cannot simply be taught from one angle. It has to be taught from all angles. I'm completely in agreement with Kat on that, but it has to be taught. I mean, we're the only mm. country that has history minutes. Can you imagine? I mean, no, no other country needs history minutes. They teach their history and they learn their history. We have so much to learn. Okay, uh, I'm out of time. So uh, this is a fascinating conversation, and I hope we pick it up. And uh, yes, we mm-hmm. do need history lessons. Thank you so much, Dr. Thanks. Patrice Dutille and Kat Krieger. Thank nice you. to be with you. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Okay, well, Free For All Friday is coming up, so we will be able to get to more of your calls on this uh, very important and interesting topic. And I wonder, uh, do it, did any of you out there study Canadian history. I'm glad it's required now. It certainly wasn't when I was in school. Uh, and uh, free for all Friday, call us back. And that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.